Thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be here today. I, uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, so yes, today I'm going to share with you a couple uh, a series of studies that we have been conducting uh, at uh, Leeds, looking at emotion regulation, contextual variables, how they can be associated with energy balance behaviors and weight in context of weight management. So we all know here that when we talk about obesity, uh, we should be talking about prevention, but the problem is that we are so uh, we are uh, so far uh, uh, along from that. We know that collectively over 50% of the world's population is already overweight or obese, and this is uh, absolutely unsustainable for our health services. And we know that evidence-based intervention and commercial programs are widely available, but only uh, only uh, effective in the short term. And this is the problem. We know that sustaining behavior change for weight management is difficult. And this is often what we see when we look at the effects of different weight management and weight loss interventions. We see a decreasing weight uh, uh, over six months, but then after six months, uh, things, uh, the weight seems to creep back on. And we see this variability. And this happens against the, the role of the physiological responses to compensate for energy uh, deficits. And many of these programs do not take this physiological pull to regain the weight into account. And this is the problem that we are now facing. So this is what we see. Most interventions are not effective in the long term. So this causes obesity to be a relapsing condition, a chronic condition. And weight regain is often the most probable outcome. So um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, the Center for Control Disease in the, U in the US tried to understand uh, what is happening out there. And they realized that 50% of the adult population in the US, they make at least one management attempt each year. So it's not that people are not trying. People try, but people fail. So things are difficult. And why is that? One of the reasons is uh, lack of knowledge. So people often don't know what to do. They don't have the knowledge of what actually works in terms of diet, in terms of uh, effective uh, dietary approaches for weight loss and weight loss maintenance. Uh, there is this physiological resistance to weight loss. We live in an obesogenic environment that promotes uh, sedentary behaviors, that creates this uh, easy, uh, available uh, context for high energy dense foods. Um, and we are facing this also this issue that there is a lot of uh, programs out there, apps for weight loss uh, and commercial programs for weight loss, but they are popular, but they lack evidence. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this issue here. Losing weight is hard, is emotionally difficult. So I'm going to talk about this, the role of stress and emotions in the context of weight loss. Um, and also, uh, dropout is, an, is a very important problem here. Lack of engagement in these interventions. So this is a, a snapshot of what happens in weight loss interventions. So in the last observation carried forward, things seems to look okay. But if we look at what really happens, the reality is that almost 95% of the people that start to engage in these programs at the end, at 16 months, they are no longer there. So people drop out, people give up. 
is so why? Why does it all go wrong? So if if we have all if we have these fifty percent of people trying to lose weight every year, what happened? We need to help these fifty percent remain in these programs and continue to to engage in their weight loss attempts. But why is that? Why is it so difficult? It is difficult because it is hard. And when we ask people engaged in uh, weight loss maintenance interventions and weight management interventions how they feel, they often say stuff like this. And these are actually um, words selected by participants of a very uh, popular weight management uh, program here in the UK. And so when we ask them, how do you feel during your weight loss journey? They often say this, they feel depressed, they feel scared, miserable, uh, unworthy, even suicidal when they think about their weight loss journey. And these are, this is a, an artist that uh, she created this, um, this work. I don't know if you are aware of this. Um, it's called The Gaze of Others. So she's a, a, higher weight, a woman with higher weight and she tried to, to take pictures of people looking at her uh, in the streets. To, to have this feeling of how others look at her. And these are some of the examples. So this show, shows us that it is difficult. So we are living in a obesogenic environment that creates a context of stigma. Uh, it's a stigmatizing context, a discriminating context, and this often leads to feelings of shame. And what we saw, and I'm gonna share with you a couple of studies that looked at this, is that shame uh, is an important variable that can have a, a huge influence on how people try to manage their weight and may account for the fact that many people often give up and relapse in their weight loss uh, uh, journey. So what is shame? Shame is a multifaceted, socially focused, socially built emotion, self-conscious emotion related to the competition for social attractiveness and acceptance. So our uh, innate drive to feel accepted and valued by the social group. So when we feel that others look down on us, that others are criticizing us, that we have some kind of characteristic or that we engage in certain behaviors that are criticized or seen negatively by others, we feel ashamed. It's kind of a, a warning signal that is something wrong with us that will make others uh, abandon us or attack us. And this is highly threatening to all of us. Um, and so shame arises from these perceptions of existing negatively in the mind of others. And this can often be internalized as negative self-evaluation. So if I believe that others criticize me, I often start to criticize myself as well and share this negative view of myself. And shame is a, a higher order emotion, a complex emotion that blends with primary emotions such as anger, anxiety, disgust, and it involves negative social comparisons, so this social component of, of trying to understand this gaze of others. Uh, and is linked to evolved ranked uh, related defensive behaviors. So this emotion prompts behaviors and defensive behaviors such as flight, avoidance, uh, submissiveness, concealment. 
Uh, and so this can be related when shame is associated with this uh, body image dimension, this weight related dimension, it can be related to this tendency to avoid uh, weight management and uh, disengage with weight uh, management attempts. Stigma, discrimination, uh, can be understood as a form of external shame. So believing that others have this negative view of myself. And the internalization of stigma, of external shame, can lead to internal shame and self-criticism. So self-criticism can be understood as an internal shaming process. So I start to, sh to, to uh, shame myself because of my characteristics, because of my behavior. Uh, so self-criticism can be understood as a self-monitoring strategy, a scanning of what's wrong with me, so, so to avoid this threat of being criticized, discriminated against, and uh, rejected by others. So self-criticism has been uh, defined as having different functions and different forms. And uh, its functions may vary between trying to improve and correct the self and engage in uh, helpful behaviors to improve the self, but it can easily become a very detrimental and very negative form of self-correction. And so self-criticism can range from this form of self-correction until this very harmful form of self-attacking, hating the self, wanting to persecute the self or even harm the self. And so self-criticism uh, has been defined by um, Professor Paul Gilbert <coughs> as involving two forms, a form of being of feeling inadequate, feelings of inadequacy, inferiority, or a more severe form that he, he termed as uh, hated self. So this form of self-attacking, hating the self, persecuting the self. So this raises the question. If people feel ashamed and they self-criticize, can this somehow be helpful to help them engage in successful weight loss and weight loss strategies? One might, might think so, some, some kind of motivation to engage in these uh, uh, attempts to weight of weight loss. But the reality and what the evidence shows is that shame and self-criticism are not useful at all, quite the contrary. So, Feelings of being stigmatized, shamed by others, and feelings of internal shame and self-criticism undermines weight control and uh, capability and motivation. Why? Because it increases negative affect, and often food is used as a form of temporarily avoid negative affect and try to reach some comfort among these negative internal states. And I'm going to share with you a couple of studies that showed this. Um, and so oft, often people find themselves in this negative cycle. They feel ashamed, they criticize themselves, they paradoxically use food to avoid these negative emotions, uh, and so this uh, uh, loss of control over eating and um, difficulties in regulating eating behavior uh, tend to increase their difficulties in managing their weight, and so it creates this self-sustained cycle. So we at the University of Coimbra, we, deserve, we de developed uh, um, some studies looking at what happens in the general population. Uh, so uh, 
in people with varying degrees of uh, weight, so ranging from normal weight to um, overweight and obesity, to try to understand the role of shame, and specifically body shame, because our body is uh, something that is easily uh, obs uh, observed by others, so it can easily become a target of shame. And so we try to look at the role of body shame on binge eating symptoms, so um, uh, symptoms of losing control over eating behavior, and the potential mediating mechanisms of this, of this association. And what we found was that body image shame is a significant predictor of binge eating symptoms in the general population, and that this association is mediated by self-criticism in this more severe form of hating the self. So this perception that others see uh, the self negatively because of uh, one's body image can lead to this more severe form of self-criticism and this can lead to uh, high levels of binge eating symptoms in the general population. So in the context of weight management, so in individuals with overweight and obesity that try to uh, manage their weight, what happens is often that um, these weight loss programs occur within this obesogenic discriminating environment um, and so we see this initial weight loss but uh, the hostile context that we live in today uh, can uh, disrupt uh, the adherence to sustained behaviors for weight management and so there are behavioral lapses. These behavioral lapses can lead to discontinued behaviors in their, their engagement in these programs. This can lead to relapse and weight regain. And so every time people relapse, they feel less motivated. And so it's this cycle of uh, weight relapse that people find themselves in uh, more often than not in these types of programs. So what does the evidence tell us in terms of um, long-term predictors of weight loss? What, what, what is useful in this uh, type of interventions? So what systematic reviews uh, show, they show us is that self-regulation of eating uh, and physical activity is important, so behaviors that create uh, um, energy balance. Um, emotions are also important and eating behaviors, so control, loss of control of eating are important predictors of longer term weight loss. And so our best bets for these types of interventions uh, seem to be uh, helping people engage in self-regulation. So self-regulation of eating behavior, self-regulation of physical activity, uh, developing autonomous motivation to engage in these behaviors, um, and self-efficacy uh, for eating behavior and uh, physical activity. But uh, as we have seen, this is not enough. So the interventions that focus on self-regulation, self-efficacy, show very limited effects. And uh, weight regain is the most probable outcome as we saw before. And so this uh, highlights that emotions and emotion regulation difficulties may have an important effect and they should be taken into account in these uh, types of interventions. Because we know that weight regain is largely due to eating rather than physical activity behaviors. So uh, energy intake plays a, a very important role here. And negative emotions are associated with increased energy intake. So negative emotions, and also there are some studies that show that even positive emotions can have an important role in increased energy intake. 
So the way that individuals regulate their emotions, negative emotions, but uh, potentially even positive emotions, is very important here. So self-regulation, self-efficacy, and interventions that focus on promoting self-efficacy, motivation, uh, self-regulation, could potentially be enhanced with components that help individuals develop self-emotion uh, regulation skills. And there are now some um, suggestions uh, in this direction. So contextual behavioral science-based weight management interventions highlight the role of adaptive emotion regulation through the development of skills such as mindfulness, metacognitive awareness, compassion and acceptance as important components that may help individuals regulate their emotions in the context of this physiological drive to regain weight and the, the stigmatizing context that individuals uh, live in. So this, this model, this approach, has this uh, model that highlights the role of neurobiological innate drives for weight regain, for energy intake and energy conservation, and how our environment creates, uh, has, uh, promotes these internal cues such as emotions, fatigue, and also external cues in our environment, the food stimuli, the sedentary um, lifestyle that we are now living. And so these internal and external cues create this drive towards perceived highest hedonic states, so an attempt to reach comfort and avoid negative emotional states. And so these drives uh, put intentions at odds with behaviors. And, oft, and often lead to these dietary lapses, loss of control over eating, uh, uh, difficulties in engaging in sustained physical activity behaviors, and so this creates this imbalance in energy balance uh, and increases weight over time. And this model highlights that if we help individuals develop protective skills, these protective skills of values, clarity, so what is really important for individuals' lives, what are their core values, uh, metacognitive awareness through mindfulness skills, acceptance skills, and distress tolerance skills uh, can help buffer the effect of these external and uh, internal cues and disrupt this uh, cycle of weight gain. So these uh, approaches may, may be complementary to our cur the current available approaches for weight management interventions. So going back to the experience of individuals engaged in uh, weight management interventions, what are their experience in terms of uh, uh, feeling discriminated and developing these feelings of shame uh, throughout their weight loss uh, history? So this was a survey uh, that um, we tested in individuals engaged in a commercial weight management intervention and we asked about their experience to try to understand whether shame, uh, self-criticism, discrimination, negative affect play a role or not in their lives. And so what we saw was that 40% of these individuals report that they have this experience of feeling discriminated uh, uh, at least once a week, which is uh, impressive. And this, uh, in response to this discrimination, they feel unhappy, upset, and shame. 
And their lifestyle response to this uh, experience of discrimination is in fact to, to use food as a way to comfort themselves. So this tells us that the models that we are working on uh, are supported by uh, uh, individuals' experiences. And so the effects on their subsequent weight losses are that they tend to gain more weight. So we need to take this into account when we, when we develop uh, weight loss and weight loss maintenance interventions. We need to take this dimension, this dimension of emotions uh, uh, and discrimination uh, into account. So we conducted a, a path analysis to try to look at, understand how these variables relate and interact when trying to understand their role in changes in weight uh, when individuals are engaged in a weight loss maintenance intervention, weight loss and weight loss maintenance intervention. So this was a model that we tested in 2,236 women and we looked at the effect of negative affect measured as oppressive symptoms, external shame, self-criticism in those two forms of feelings of inadequacy and the, a more severe form characterized by feelings of hate towards the self and negative social comparisons and on the contrary the role of um, uh, being able to self-reassure and feelings of self-compassion when thinking about one's weight. And so we looked at the effect of these variables on participants' ability to lose weight since starting uh, the program. And so what we saw was that external shame and self-criticism were the most important predictors of negative affect related to weight and that negative affect related to weight increased eating disinhibition and eating disinhibition was associated with a, a, a less degree of weight loss since participants started the program. So this points out to the importance of considering these variables and on the contrary, uh, the ability to self-reassure presented a negative effect on this, uh, on this uh, variable. And another thing is that we need to take into account the role of these variables on psychological well-being because what's the point of losing weight if you feel absolutely miserable? It's important, but we cannot forget the, the importance of psychological well-being and quality of life as well. So we looked at the role of self-criticism in psychological well-being in these women and uh, what we found was that self-criticism was associated with lower psychological well-being through the effect on increased negative affect and that the ability to self-reassure and being self-compassionate was associated with increased positive affect in relation to one's uh, physical appearance and weight and that this was associated with increased well-being. So to sum up, these studies um, highlighted the role of shame, self-criticism, and how being unable to self-reassure uh, oneself, uh, they might influence the degree of negative feelings of around one's body, which may translate into loss of control of eating, and weight management difficulties in some individuals. And this is very important because we need to take into account that this is not uh, true for all individuals. So we need to consider this uh, variability between individuals.
And so these studies um, um, were uh, observational studies, but then we, we developed a study trying to understand whether helping individuals develop self-compassionate abilities, self-reassuring abilities, would improve, have beneficial effects on um, their weight loss uh, journey in a, a commercial uh, weight management program. So this was a, a non-randomized parallel design study in which we compared a control group that received the standard usual commercial weight management program uh, with uh, an intervention group that uh, alongside with the usual program uh, were given access to a website with uh, an intervention, a compassion-focused intervention uh, through uh, videos uh, that included uh, the development of self-compassionate abilities through a series of standardized uh, exercises used in compassion-focused therapy. So we assessed these participants uh, at baseline, three months, six months, and 12 months to try to understand this trajectory of weight loss and, and potential weight regain. Um, and so in terms of the effects of this intervention, what we found was that this intervention, compassion-focused intervention, uh, showed a, a significant effects for the intervention group in terms of reductions in depressive symptoms, reduction in anxiety symptoms and stress, and improvements in psychological well-being at three months. We had a significant effects in terms of self-evaluation at three, six months, and uh, um, also at 12 months for some of the variables. So we saw redux reductions in external shame, body image shame, um, self-criticism and negative affect and improvements in positive affect and also we saw important effects significant effects in terms of reductions in binge eating symptoms and reductions in feelings of guilt uh, around eating behavior but we didn't find uh, significant effects in terms of uh, weight loss for the intervention group so this uh, suggests that compassion-focused interventions uh, and these types of approaches uh, that focus on emotion regulation play an important role in the psychological dimension and in helping individuals uh, better cope with difficulties related to um, shame, self-criticism and discrimination and, improve, and they may be useful in improving their psychological adjustment and quality of life and well-being but they're, they're also not enough to help individuals manage their weight. So maybe we need a combination of approaches here to try to reach better results. So, because in fact, when we think about weight loss, we need to understand the role of different forces operating here. The role of motivation and cognition, the role of emotion, how they impact weight management and this background of the physiological responses that can influence these, uh, these cogn cognitive um, factors, these motivation factors and these emotional factors. This physiological uh, background uh, cannot be uh, ignored. When we lose weight, there are huge uh, uh, effects in terms of our body composition in terms of uh, changes in tissue in fat mass and fat-free mass, 
And this generates a cascade of changes in terms of our physiology, uh, in terms of our appetite signals, reward systems, a turnover of our metabolic rate. And so this has huge effects in terms of how our behavior, it influences our behavior. So the interventions need to take into account this interaction between motivation, uh, cognition, behavior, emotions, and this physiological background. And so we need to take that into account when we look at this variability. So we need to understand the mechanisms of change in these interventions that occur against this physiological background and this physiological pull, this gravitational pull to bring individuals back to where they came from. And these emotional aspects that drive individuals to reach hedonic states and to use food as a way to deal with negative emotions. So this is very, very complex. And so to deal with this complexity, we need to develop more complex interventions that try to tackle these different forces that influence weight regain over time. And so the know-how project is one of, uh, it's an attempt to cope with this complexity. This is a European project that uh, uh, is currently uh, being developed. Um, that tries to that try to develop an intervention, a behavior change digital based intervention uh, for weight loss maintenance. This is a multi trial center uh, uh, project that involves Denmark, UK, and Portugal. Uh, and so our goal here was to develop a toolkit, a digital toolkit to enhance enhance. Uh, availability, availability to European citizens to a weight loss maintenance intervention uh, that combines self-regulation, motivation with emotion regulation components. And so we are trying to understand whether the combination of uh, these components uh, enhance the, the efficacy of these uh, behavior change interventions for weight loss maintenance. So. To develop this project, we started by uh, trying to understand the experience of people that try to maintain their weight loss. Why do people regain weight? How can we help people avoid weight regain and weight relapse and drop out uh, um, uh, when they try to manage their weight? So we started by asking individuals about their experience and this evidence uh, was the base to build this toolkit this ICT-based toolkit uh, to support behavior change and maintain weight loss. And now we are testing, this is where we are now, we are testing the toolkit. We are trying to understand whether it works or not uh, in these uh, three countries. So the goal of uh, uh, the know-how project is to help people get out of the weight relapse uh, cycle into the weight uh, loss maintenance cycle. So we are trying to help people sustain uh, their weight loss over time and avoid weight regain. And so to do that, we developed a, a, a two by two factorial design in which we are, we are testing four arms of this toolkit. So we are testing a self-regulation motivation arm, an emotion regulation arm that combines components of compassion, mindfulness and metacognitive awareness and acceptance 
And we have an arm that combines the two approaches, so self-regulation, motivation, and emotion regulation. And we have a control group that only receives uh, generic content. So this is um, the two by two randomized control, control trial that we are currently testing. So participants uh, have uh, an active intervention over six months and then we are following these participants over 12 months and 18 months to see whether the effects um, uh, are stable over time. Uh, and again, this involves three European countries. This is a huge data set that will uh, allow us to understand these mechanisms and this, uh, this variability to try to understand whether these components are useful which components of self-regulation and motivation are uh, useful for weight loss maintenance and which components of uh, emotion regulation are useful. Can they be combined? What is the best way to combine them to develop more um, uh, uh, valuable uh, interventions for weight loss maintenance in the future? So what was the evidence that supported the development of these uh, toolkits? We know that supporting self-regulation uh, is useful, especially using tracking technologies, because it allows, it, it promotes um, uh, regulation of energy intake and energy ex expenditure through physical activity. So it promotes uh, self-regulation and self-efficacy. Um, improving stress management and emotion regulation for relapse prevention show uh, uh, beneficial effects in weight management and also in other areas. Personalizing solution to meet individual needs and engage uh, users uh, is also uh, an important factor and uh, also maximizing scale and minimizing costs through digital technologies. And in terms of emotion regulation, <coughs> we know that losing weight triggers multiple compensatory physiological signals that oppose weight loss as we have been seeing today. Overcoming physiological resistance to weight loss requires the skills of self-regulation, action planning, self-monitoring, self-efficacy, motivation. But emotional stress undermines these pathways of planned behavior. And so we are now trying to answer this question. If we help individuals improve their emotion regulation skills, can this be useful to improve self-regulation? in terms of eating and physical activity behaviors. This project uh, will uh, help us understand and answer this question, hopefully. So in terms of that initial um, evidence-based foundation that we had for know-how, we asked 2,000 two adults uh, who had made a previous weight loss attempt what, what was the, their experience in, term of, in terms of weight loss and weight loss maintenance. And in terms of psychological aspects and emotion regulation, um, these participants said that emotion regulation, emotion regulation difficulties were common and were associated with greater weight regain. And we know that, and also they told us that affected individuals are already making frequent use of behavioral self-regulation strategies during weight loss but uh, they do not apply this consistently beyond active attempts. So again, this provides, provides us some evidence that uh, people know how to, what to do, people know how to lose weight, 
especially when they have these repeated cycles of uh, uh, trying to lose weight and, and regaining weight. People know how what to do, more, uh, but it's really difficult. So we need to support them. We need to provide them with um, uh, with the skills to to navigate these difficulties when they try to manage their weight. So just to give you. Um, uh, some data in terms of what we are looking at. This is a, um, a path analysis that we tested looking at the baseline data from know-how. Uh, at, uh, at the time, we cannot look uh, at the effects of the intervention yet. Uh, we are blinded to, to those results yet. So, But I'll, I'm gonna share with you uh, a study that we did on the baseline data that tried to look at the relationship between self-regulation and emotion regulation. So we, we looked at the role of controlled um, behavioral regulation. So uh, a form of uh, behavioral regulation that is not uh, internally motivated, it is more externally motivated. And so how this controlled behavioral regulation could have an impact on previous weight loss attempts. So previous weight loss attempts here can be understood as a proxy of relapse in these participants. And, and how self-compassion uh, played a role in, in these uh, associations. So what we saw was that um, this controlled regulation of eating behavior was associated with increased loss of control of eating, measured as um, binge eating symptoms and that binge eating symptoms was associated with um, uh, uh, more weight loss, previous weight loss attempts, so greater relapse in these participants, and that self-compassion was negatively associated with binge eating symptoms, and most importantly, that self-compassion, the ability to be self-compassionate, reassuring, moderated the effect of this controlled motivation on binge eating symptoms. So it buffered the effect of binge eating symptoms, on, uh, buffered the effect of control motivation on binge eating symptoms and uh, the effect of binge eating symptoms on weight loss attempts. And we did that by controlling a series of variables there, such as gender, uh, the different uh, centers, the age of the first uh, weight loss attempt, and also current BMI. So this uh, points out the, the potential benefit of combining this approach. So how helping individuals develop these emotion regulation skills uh, can potentially enhance the, the, the already beneficial effect of self-regulation and self-efficacy on uh, uh, weight uh, management. But we will we can only answer that by looking at the results of the of the know-how project and we don't know that yet. And even though we expect small effects, because that what that is what the literature shows is that uh, most weight management interventions have small effects, we will be able to look at the intervariability between individuals and we'll we'll be able to understand the mechanisms of action and the mechanisms of change that uh, potentially produce significant effects on weight management over time. So in conclusion, we still need to understand, better understand the role of emotions and emotion regulation and weight in weight management, and we know that they're important, so we need to understand uh, the mechanisms through which 
uh, we can help individuals uh, better uh, cope with their emotions and regulate their negative and uh, negative emotions uh, and the impact that they may have on energy intake and weight management over time. And also there seems to be this interaction between self-regulation and emotional regulation and so interventions need to take this interaction into account and we need to develop cause-effect models that try to understand these effects over time and the variability between individuals um, in terms of the effect of this interaction on long-term energy balance behaviors. So thank you very much for your attention. These are my colleagues um, on the Know How Project. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>